Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey everyone, welcome to Get Advisor Fit. I'm your host, Olivia Looper. My guest today is Kurt Mueller of Apollon Wealth Management. While the firm has offices all over the country, Kurt is an independent fee-based advisor in Augusta, Georgia. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. For sure. Kurt and I, we've actually, we've been friends for a few years now. Uh, we follow each other on social media. So I see each other's posts and each other's children. And, uh, you know, he supports me on my bodybuilding posts. And I frequently drool over all the meats that he smokes and cooks and puts in his stories every day. Oh, my gosh. When I'm in a deficit, let me tell you, those meats, oh, you don't want to know what they do to me. So... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I even got to the point where I added this like thousand dollar grill that I, I said, Hey, I want one of those. We tell me which one I should get. And it's sitting in my cart somewhere. And I, I'm sure I'm going to pull, pull the trigger on it here soon, but, <laughs> but I know it won't taste closer. What? what yeah. But then I have to learn how to use it and you're not here. So that's a problem. Fair point. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, I really wanted to have Kurt on the show today for a couple of reasons. Um, Kurt is really one of your go-getter advisors that uh, obviously marketers, you know, but I guess you could say some marketers wouldn't like them because Kurt knows how to do things. Kurt can figure things out for himself. Um, <laughs> he goes out there and he gets it done. Um, Kurt has really capitalized on making videos, especially in social media, um, over the past couple years. And I think that that's something I really want to talk about today, like how that's been working for you, um, because I know it's been working really well. Um, but uh, yeah, he uses social media to get out there and drum up business. And um, also, he's in a unique position, and he's an advisor that um, is an independent advisor, but um, works under a uh, larger, you know, firm, um, which he'll explain more about. So I think that advisors in that area, um, they have different, you know, marketing limitations and hurdles and challenges. Um, and so Kurt, we'll talk about some of those today too. Um, so let's, uh, let our audience get to know you a little bit. Um, go ahead and tell us about yourself and your business. Um, you know, what you do, who your main ideal clients are, and, uh, you know, the model, your your independent model um, with Apollon and things like that. Sure. So as you mentioned in the intro, uh, I live in the Augusta, Georgia area, actually just across the Savannah River into South Carolina, uh, in North that. Augusta, South Carolina. So uh, married for 15 years, have two awesome boys, eight and five, and I've been in the financial planning industry for almost, it'll be 10 years in January, uh, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I started my career on the career agent side. So I started with uh, a large life insurance company and, and I was with them for about five years. And during that time, I realized uh, that, you know, I wanted to offer a lot more to my clients. And, and so I decided to go uh, the, the independent route. So um, Apollon Wealth Management as a firm was established in February of, of 2018. Interestingly enough, by three uh, advisors, actually more than three, it was almost, I think it was three, three partners um, from the, the previous 
uh, career agent life insurance side. And then they brought along about 12 other advisors from that same firm. So I knew all of those guys uh, and gals um, just from being uh, in the same you know, agency with them. And um, as I looked more at the independent side, I just realized that that fit what I wanted to do and how I wanted to serve clients. And so, uh, you know, took a leap of faith and, and joined forces with Apollon in January of, of 2019. And my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner. Yeah. You know, that's when we met around then and I had just started my business and you were just starting your business. And, um, you know, we were both like, I don't want to say babies, but you know, we were both like just jumping in full two feet in front of each other and uh, this entrepreneurship thing. So it's been really cool to see each other, you know, swimming, swimming upstream and making it. So that's right. And helping each other climb. And I think uh, the second part, to answer the second part of your question, you know, you talked about what are the ideal clients. And it's interesting because I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say a little bit, I'm actually very unconventional in my approach. And I think unconventional in a good way. Okay. You know, um, I actually look for two criteria and it's very simple and it has nothing to do with wealth or money. Uh, okay. the, first, the first thing I look for is they have to be a good person. They have to be good people, right? Okay. We have a very simple, I have a no jerk policy. It's no just the jerk. way I operate. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, and secondly, they have to care more about their financial future than I do. And so uh, that is a good one. Absolutely. Because as you know, and especially like with all the training that you do for your bodybuilding competitions, you know, you could work with a half dozen coaches if you wanted to, but if they cared more than you do, you're probably just wasting money. Um, And there are coaches like who who it takes them a long time to figure out what you just said is like, even though there's people who are clients who are willing to pay, if they care more, if, if you care more than they do, the successes rate isn't going to be there and it's just going to drive you crazy. Exactly. So that's kind of my approach. That's good. I like that. No jerks. And you have to care more than me. That's right. <laughs> you I can't carry you through this. Um, so that's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I didn't know that's cool to know that you like knew all of these people um, at a pollen before, because I know there's a lot of advisors who will like, be on their own and then they decide like oh i'm gonna go you know maybe join this other firm so that i have access to all these other resources or you know licenses or things like this um but yours was really like you already knew these people and you all were like seeking some different um model where you could better help people so exactly that's really cool i really like that a lot and i had no idea about that um so like, all right, so I know just personally, like from talking to you and things like that. So you guys all, um, you know, share a website and things like this. Um, and usually, you know, you use your advisor website as a place where you could post your stuff. But as independent advisors of um, Apollon, then you guys kind of do your own outreach. So tell me, um, you know, like, what types of challenges, but also perks have you found like with this model for yourself? Sure, absolutely. I think we'll, we'll touch on the challenges first. You know, one of the big challenges is uh, as an independent uh, RIA, you know, we, we would not be the best firm to come to if you were brand new in the business. You know, I often say this to the college students that I, I speak to that you don't want to come and train under me because I'm not going to train you. I mean, it's just yeah. that simple. 
Um, instead, you know, what I do recommend is that if you're brand new right out of college and you want to pursue this career, that you uh, follow a similar path uh, that I did uh, with, and, and, I, and I started my career with Northwestern Mutual. And I think, you know, I still believe that from a training standpoint, they have some of the best training for new advisors out there. Um, and so I always like to be upfront about that, that if you are someone that's new, you know, the independent model may not be the best fit. You know, you want to go somewhere where you're going to have the training, where you're going to have the support. And let's be very real about something. And this is kind of the 800 pound gorilla in the room that nobody likes to talk about. And that is in general, the financial planning industry is not very good at training. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I've, I've never actually said it out loud, but you're saying it out loud. And I mean, I right. would have to agree with you, I think. And so I think that, you know, if, if you are taking this in and you're someone that's considering getting into the career, you have to understand that and accept that. Right. Um, and so I think one of those challenges uh, of an independent RA model is again, you're, you're not going to receive a whole lot of training. You're also not going to receive leads. You know, this is not like you're working at a bank where the teller or can come over and say, Hey, you need to meet Mr. And Mrs. Smith, et cetera. Um, it's not like you're working, you know, uh, for, for an investment bank as the parent company either. So you have to have what I would consider the entrepreneurial spirit, which is, it's a good transition into the advantages or, or what I like about it. And that is, I'm someone that's very entrepreneurial. I like to build my practice the way I want, work with the people that, that I want to work with. And you know what? It is high risk, but it's also high reward. And so, and I'm okay with that. And I think you have to, as an advisor, whether you're, you know, a week into the career or 30 years into the career, you have to understand those two key differences there and be willing to accept either one, right? But for me, it's the idea of, you know, I run my practice as I see fit. I set my own schedule. I answer to no one other than, you know, my wife, the man upstairs, my kids, et cetera. I like that because I found out very early on that I was not a Kool-Aid person. Um, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I found out that I didn't, you know, I went to a military college and I, and I don't like being told what to do. So that's <laughs> I, I found that out too. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, a, it's, there's not a, it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing either way. It's just, what is it that, you know, you are looking for, do you want the more entrepreneurial side or do you want more structure, more, you know, chain of command? And I think that's, that's how you would look at, you know, both you know, the different entities. Okay. I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't think there are that many people that would turn this sort of lifestyle down. Right. So I get to pick, I make the, you know, I make the decisions, blah, blah, blah. But again, it's a, there are two, two, uh, two caveats to this. It's high risk. You know, you don't have leads coming in. Your business generation is basically up to you. Uh, that means your income and your livelihood is under your own command. And also uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. Some people just don't have it. They might like the, I mean, it's an attractive lifestyle um, being an independent advisor and having these options and having these choices, but some people can't do it. 
I feel for people who try and just don't have that spirit. And then on some level, I guess you could say, I feel sad for them. But on the same level, I don't because there are people like you and me and other entrepreneurs that I've spoken with or met with or had coffee with or whatever, who just, and maybe it's like just a spirit thing. And maybe it's just in you or it's not. But, um, you know, I, I think that's like probably part of some realization that you come to at some point in your advisory career, maybe that you, uh, if the independent model isn't working for you, then you need to consider if it's really fits your personality type or not. That's exactly right. And I think you said something very important and that is, you know, if, if, if you're not, if you don't have that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit, that's not a bad thing. You know, it's not, you know, it's not like there's a good and bad here. It's just whatever your preference is. And, you know, again, personally for me, I'm more of a, I have that entrepreneurial free spirit. You know, I, I, I just flat, I, I flat out don't make a good employee. Yeah. I just, neither I just do I, <laughs> I don't either. Right. I'm too contentious or something. I don't know. I'm too, oh, just, I, I think it's because I'm such a control freak, but that's a, that's a whole nother story there. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so this entrepreneurial spirit, this is why you go out and you, you know, so from the the early days when we knew each other and you were trying to figure out what you were going to do to generate business and we were talking and, um, you know, so you, I know that you put out a newsletter and, uh, you know, you send emails to your clients and your prospects, but you've also got this video stuff going in. I really want to talk about that. So uh, tell us a little bit about the process. How did this evolve? How did it start? And then, you know, like, how's it been working out for you? I know you started before COVID, right? I did. Yes. So I actually have a very good friend of mine who uh, I met uh, during my days at Northwestern who really inspired me. And in fact, mutual friend of ours, David DeSell, um, who who really pushed me to to get into uh, more consistent you know, social media presence and, and content and posting. And so he challenged me in January of 2019 to get more into that. And so I did, I drew the line in the sand and I said, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to be consistent. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan, you know, and his, and his main message about social media is consistency. And so I took that and I ran with it and, you know, just built a habit around, uh, doing consistent daily videos uh, about all kinds of different things, you know, but mainly just to stay out in front of of people and and, and stay top of mind. You know, ultimately, my goal, <clears throat> excuse me, at least <clears throat> from a regional standpoint, is to, you know, if someone thinks about financial planning, I want them thinking of me first. Not necessarily that I, that doesn't mean I can help them per se, but I want I want to be their first call. And so when I when I looked at the industry and what they were doing, it, it really, it for most, I mean, for the most part, it's non-existent, right? Yeah. And I think some of that, of course, there, you know, there is a very heavy compliant and regulatory nature of the business. I mean, that's that's just life. Yeah. But I also think that what I continued to hear was, well, I continued to hear what I couldn't do. And rather than think about what I couldn't do, I said, well, what, what can I do? 
You know, let's think about that. And, and so I took that and, and ran with it. And um, again, it just, it just comes down to consistency. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, uh, you know, we oftentimes people will say things like, well, I'm so busy. You and I both well, ours were all so busy. You exactly. And you and I both know <laughs> what that really, that's a nice way of saying, I'm not willing to make it a priority. That's what that, that's what that really means. Yes. And so at the end of the day, like I simply make it a priority to stay consistent on uh, social media. Now, candidly, lately, my stuff has shifted a little bit more towards barbecue because I started a barbecue competition team. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I think, you know, it's not complicated. Balance, it's, balance, you know, balance. That's right. Um, <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're an advisor taking this in and trying to figure out how to work with your compliance department, uh, whether you're at a broker dealer, whether you are an IAR, um, I think it's just a matter of having the conversation with your compliance officer and getting to know them. You know, they're, they're humans too, right? Um, and un- getting an understanding of, of what they are looking for from you and, and vice versa. So I, I wouldn't just simply say, well, compliance is going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I would, I would push I the envelope. Exactly. And sometimes I found also that, um, you know, as sometimes, like, like for example, with um, testimonials, I mean, when I, we first started, that was a big no-no. Now you can actually use them um, in certain ways or whatever. But, uh, you know, check with your compliance department. See when these, if their rules have been updated, because sometimes things change, like as social media changes or as their different rules change, they update their you know, what, what their allowances are, or maybe you just have a, sometimes you, there's just a misunderstanding of what the, the, what's printed on the paper, but actually you have more leeway or permissions than you think. Um, or, you know, if you, if you approach it a certain way. So yeah, I definitely keep good relationship with your compliance department and, uh, you know, keep up to date on what their latest is so that you can take advantage of what what's working. So, I mean, so you do your videos and so which ones do you feel like have get the most engagement? Do you feel like there was a spike at all during COVID when people were really looking for financial advice? Um, I know one of the last ones that I watched from you um, was like on fed tapering or something like that. Like, do you find that the more timely ones are getting more engagement or evergreen or it's a good mix of both? You know, it's interesting. You would, I'm always amazed at what gets engagement and what doesn't. And I'd like to sit here and think that I've got the algorithms figured out. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I wish I could, I wish I could identify a pattern as to what works and what doesn't. Um, some of the videos that I put out, I put out and I know ah, it's okay. And it gets a lot of engagement. Others yeah. I put out and I feel really good about them and they get hardly any engagement. The bottom line is like, especially when <clears throat> all the uncertainty came into play, like in March of last year, and nobody really knew what to do. You know, nobody was meeting. There were no more in-person meetings. And I just figured, well, you know, everybody's on social media because they have nothing else better to do. They're either on social media or they're on Amazon buying something. Um, So I figured, well, you know, if I can't be out networking, because prior to, you know, COVID, I was doing a lot of networking. That was my main way of establishing myself in the local community because I'm not from here. And of course, COVID stopped all of that. And so I figured, okay, well, whatever way can I stay top of mind? Can I stay in front of people? 
from the comfort of their own home. And social media was the answer. And so I actually, I would say from, you know, the time that we shut down as a country uh, for about, you know, three to six months after that, I mean, I really doubled down and focused my efforts on building the social media presence even more so than I had done. And I, now granted, I've made many mistakes uh, in that realm. I could probably write a book on, you know, what not to do. Um, but I, but I think to answer your original question, I really wish I could identify what keywords get more views and more engagement versus others. I haven't been able to identify a pattern. The only thing I can say that I have identified is when I do the economic recovery updates, those are once a month. Okay. I seem to get more engagement on those because I guess in my opinion, it, it I think that people, that, that is more, that is, uh, what's the word, more interesting to more people, you know, okay. versus like Fed tapering. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, well, whatever the Fed is doing. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but so I'm glad that you brought that up though, because, you know, a lot of times advisors like get like paralysis, like, oh, this isn't good enough. I'm not going to put it out. And some the ones who do sometimes, those are the ones that people like the most or the ones that end up like being the most impactful. And then, you know, and so you just never know. You just have to keep being consistent and keep showing up and don't let this fear of not being absolutely perfect every single time keep you from making an impact and staying top of mind. That's exactly right. I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to camp out on that for a second. And I would say this, at the end of the day, you know, one mistake among many that I made early on in my career is that I really embraced and bought into this idea of image, that I had to portray this certain image. And that if I didn't, then I wasn't going to be taken seriously. What I've learned, you know, I've, I've you know, had, had two boys now and, and have, you know, gotten older and, and just really worked on, you know, a lot of personal development, I've learned that if you just simply be yourself, be authentic, be genuine, that's going to go much farther than trying to portray this image of some of somebody that you're not. And, you know, right now, especially with social media, that's prevalent, you know, a lot of the quote unquote, you know, gurus. Um, and a lot of it's just, it's just for show. It's not, it's not real. And, yeah. and I think that the, the, especially if you're new in the career, it can be very easy to fall into that same thought process that I did because you're looking at the other people at your firm who have been there 10, 15 years who are really successful. And in your mind, you feel like you have to do exactly what they're doing. You have to dress like them and all that other stuff. And I'm here to tell you that that is, that is not accurate. That is not correct. Um, I, I would strongly encourage you to simply be yourself, be who you are, like whether, you know, you're on social media, whether you're out uh, watching a football game or whether you're sitting down with a client, like be real, you know? Yes. And I feel like, I feel like, um, first of all, to touch on all of those things, because this is exactly what I try. This has really been a main theme as we, as I prepare my advisor clients for 2022 is everything needs to be personalized right now. What is the most personal thing about your firm? You. People don't care 
I mean, you and 50 other people in their Google search are fee-based fiduciaries. Woohoo. Great. Okay. We've narrowed it down. Now what's going to make them choose you or not choose you or, you know, digitally, what are the things that are going to help align them with the right advisor? It was like a magnet. So the more stuff that you can put out there that's genuine about who you are, it's like, um, like a magnet. You're going to attract those people. They're going to be able to see you for who you are. Decide, yes, I like you. No, I don't like you. Yes, I want to consider working with this person. No, I don't. And it, it really works both ways. You attract the you attract what it is that you're looking for and the kind of people that want to work with you. And also at the same time, repel the type of people that would not be a good fit for you. So this being genuine and being yourself and putting your your best, you know, your only face forward is like, this is really going to be the key, I think, to differentiation in the advisor space. I mean, not that it hasn't been already, but as we move, you know, forward, um, because now, I mean, and I described COVID as sort of like did this, right? So if there's six ways to get from point A to point B, right? Networking being one, the internet being another, you know, uh, putting on seminars, sending whatever, whatever, different kind of ways to get to one destination, which is collecting leads and getting new clients, right? So like you said, all of these other things disappeared, these in-person things. So everybody was forced to take the same highway. So when everybody's forced to save the same highway, we're all going to see the same things and see the same billboards and see, you know, we've all been forced into this very narrow space um, basically the internet, um, I mean, things are opening up again, but you know, we've all been forced to, to look up our services and do our research and learn about things on the internet. And what is going to make you stand out to all of those people is just being genuinely who you are. That's exactly better right. for worse, you know? Yes. And you touched on something very important and that is, you know, you, you may not have said it directly, but People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that right there is really what I would, that's the message. You know, if someone asked me, you know, what, what's one sentence you would give somebody that's starting in this career, or maybe even has been in the career for 20 plus years, I would say exactly that. I would say it's good for anybody, to be honest. Well, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's good for humans. Humans. <laughs> yeah. It's good for humans. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. That's absolutely true. Um, and I found that, you know, with it just advise personally as a, a client, you know, with advisors that I've worked with or spoken to, you know, about working with, um, I get bored real easy when you start telling me, you know, and, and I write about finances, so I know a lot. So I, I mean, more than the average person about financial planning and things like this. Like, I don't, once you just, once you start talking about just the stuff, I don't care about the stuff. I want to know about you and I want to know about how you are going to help me, not why I should uh, consider a Roth conversion right now. You know, I just met you. Like, I don't know how much you care. And then- We'll apply your knowledge and you know what I'm saying? So, and I think that this comes up, this comes up too, like when we're creating content, um, you know, and I try to explain like, there's gotta be a good balance in your articles and in your emails between 
what showing what you know, but also relaying who you are and your story and, and how that knowledge is valuable, you know, um, how your service is valuable, not just all here are the facts and here's what you do. And this is why you do this to save taxes and low risk and blah, 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 because it's not really, I mean, what people are interested at in right away. So this is a very good point. So Mr. Entrepreneurial Spirit over here with his videos talking about being you. I want to know about the meats. <laughs> Tell me, I know you. Okay, so you are an amazing cook. I see your grilling and your briskets and your meats I've never even heard of before that look just so delicious on Facebook. So you recently started doing competitions, right? Yes. So what so, is that? And, and, and am I getting this right? Do you grill or do you smoke or is it both? And are they called different things? So we're, we're, we're Atomic City Smokers is the name of our competition team. Okay. Um, and so to answer your question, it's, it's more smoking, you know, uh, indirect heat okay. is, I guess, the technical term of it. But ultimately what it boiled down to is this. I woke up in first part of September and don't really know why that particular day, but I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm really passionate about barbecue. And maybe I read a quote, maybe I was reading a book. Again, I don't know exactly what spurred me, but I said, you know. Something I planted need, the seed. <laughs> it did. And, I, and I said, I need to share my passion with the world. And secondly, use that to help others. And so the first thought in my head was, okay, well, I'm competitive and I think that I can compete at a high level at these professional competitions. And I'm someone that firmly believes, you know, there is no halfway, right? You're either all in or you're all out. That's just my philosophy. So I agree with you. <laughs> so I, I, I said, you know what? I literally Googled Georgia barbecue association and South Carolina barbecue association and became a member, you know, it was very inexpensive. And then I, uh, looked at competitions and I said, cool, there's one in two weeks. I called up my friend, Kevin, who also has a, has a huge passion for, for barbecue. And I said, Hey, I need some help. I'm doing my first competition. You want to join me? And he said, absolutely. And so me, Kevin, and my brother, we all went up to, uh, Cartersville, Georgia to, uh, to compete in our first competition with the Georgia barbecue association. So, um, but the second reason, you know, not, not just from a competitive standpoint, but also for this, for just, you know, pursuing my passion, but I would also say it's, you know, when we're not competing, what I've decided to do is start cooking for nonprofits and charities. Oh, and nice. Both, number one, because I, I love it. And number two, I was trying to figure out a way to get lots of practice without ruining, without throwing away a bunch of meat, because I yeah. knew that if I, I knew we couldn't eat it all. Um, and, and so I, you know, naturally I'm sure, you know, nonprofits and charities are similar down in your area too. They all need money. Um, and so my first, my first place to go was I, I got a hold of my son's, um, Belvedere, or their elementary school PTO. And I said, Hey, you know, here's my idea. I'll buy a bunch of pork butts and I'll cook them and I'll sell them. And then I'll recoup my cost for the meat and give you guys all the net profits. And they were like, so we don't have to do anything. I said, no, you don't have to do anything. Uh, and they said, great. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, for me, it's not just the, 
it's it's the the passion right for barbecue because i think barbecue has a way of bringing people together like when i think of barbecue i think of you know the kind of the images of like the hot summer months where you've got the lemonade on the picnic table you've got all the sides you've got you know a bunch of different you know pulled pork and brisket and ribs and all this stuff and everybody's just having a good time i think barbecue really does bring people together right um and so i like that aspect of it love the competitive aspect of it um and you know it allows me as my wife calls it it allows me to have some guy time you know which i also think uh is important because you're, yeah. you're you know we're cooking meat for 12 hours 18 hours so it's 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 kind of a long time to hang out uh, and the third prong of that is you know how can i give back how can i use my passion to help others and so that's what we did we did that for my son's elementary school um and we made a commitment that we're going to do a charity cook once a month and so we've already got one lined up in in december for another elementary school they have a backpack program there is a a big problem in our area of a lot of kids that you know, the only nutrition they get is at school. So when they go home on the weekends, they may not even get any food. Um, so, you know, this program provides basically a backpack full of food for the weekend. Um, and I have a good friend that runs that program. And so I called her and I said, Hey, here's my crazy harebrained idea. Just stay with me. And, um, she laughed of course and was like, absolutely. So that's what we've got lined up there. And it's just a fascinating, you know, the, the people I think would be the last thing. Uh, and I'll, and I'll shut up. I promise. But the, no, people, I love it. The people that I've been able to meet uh, through the Georgia barbecue association, through the South Carolina barbecue association, just, it's a family atmosphere. You know, I, I was just blown away at our first competition by how welcoming everybody was just willing to help. And again, I just felt like we were part of one big family. Now we were competing of course, but it still had that really cool, like tribe feel, you know? Yeah, I know. What so, you mean. I lo- so I love that too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I've always felt that way about, you know, food and my, um, you know, smoking meats and barbecuing has always been a big part of my childhood. I mean, my, my grand, my dad and my grand grand or granddaddy, we're cattle farmers. So, you know, like we are it all the meats and all of this is all part of like very ingrained in like who I was as a kid. And every, every time a kid had a birthday party, there was this one family who had one of those big long smokers that, you know, you pull behind your truck and, and they were at every event and just everybody gathered around to eat the food. And it was like, it was, I mean, and I live in Florida. So it was those, those hot summer months with the lemonade. I mean, that was like my, you know, what I grew up doing. And so I totally vibe with that. Um, you know, it, the bar barbecue has a special way of bringing people together, like, and, and building camaraderie. So I, hopefully one day I will get to try your meats. I guess I'm going to just have to come to Georgia and perhaps, you know, I mean, I know that's the next question. Now you, um, you why? <laughs> I imagine you could go to your wife. Okay. We have to have a meat budget now because. <laughs> True. You know, what's interesting is I found a, uh, I actually uh, found a source for Wagyu brisket and Wagyu beef in Pensacola, Florida of all places. Really? Um, which I know is a, a long hike from you. Um, but the one other thing that I've been looking at is getting involved with the uh, uh, FBA 
Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Florida Barbecue Association. Okay. Um, which they are a little bit different too. So there's a lot of these different sanctioning bodies and each one of them has like their different flair. So okay. it's kind of neat. That's um, cool. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, we are, we are lucky that we're in the Southeast um, because I, I've talked to some people in the Northwest and there's just really not a whole lot of barbecue competition. I can't imagine there would be. As but many. in the Southeast, like, you know, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, you know, Texas, I mean, pretty much every weekend, you know, there's, there's something the exception of like December and January. Well, I mean, Florida's only a couple hours from where you are. Right. Maybe 90 minutes. No. No, I'm, I'm up. So Florida would be like, well, okay. Oh, like I'm Jacksonville for me is like, uh, three and a half, four hours. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm up, I'm up, um, you know, really up 95 to Savannah and then oh, you, you just go two lane roads the rest of the way. Um, but okay. you know, it's, I, I also know that sometimes, you know, when you're pursuing your passion and you're, uh, you've got that you know entrepreneurial spirit like we do that you know you you make those sacrifices to drive you know for five hours. I can't think that I don't think I would be driving like more than five or six hours. Uh, yeah, well, because then you got like more than I mean you're spending days in travel. Yeah, and I think too the other thing I realized, and this is you know I think you might struggle with this too. You know I have a hard time um, like saying no to things. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, what I've realized is that a lot of those teams that we're competing against, uh, a lot of those folks, you know, they're retired and their kids are grown and, you know, they might they might get to a competition on Thursday and stay till Sunday. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, where me and the other and, our, and my co-pitmaster, Kevin, you know, he has young kids, too. Uh, he's got a career. <laughs> this is not his career. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we don't we don't have that luxury yet. Yeah. to, to spend, you know, three or four days, um, at a barbecue competition. But yeah. I do think that eventually it'll, it'll get to that. Um, cause I do think there's, you know, an opportunity to, what's the word I'm looking for to, um, inspire others to get involved because I know the barbecue community right now is, is really wanting more, you know, young, you know, younger folks to, to get involved. Um, because it's, it's, it's important for the, Next generation of the barbecue association. There you go. Yeah. Wow. That's all really good, exciting news. I like this. And you come to Florida. You tell me. We, you come to Florida and I'll come north from where I am in South Florida and I'll come taste the meats. There it is. <laughs> okay. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for your time today. I absolutely loved having you. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Kurt Mueller and Apollon Wealth or his barbecue competitions you can find him on facebook and linkedin or you do twitter too i am on twitter yes and in, although, do you do instagram although i'm most i'm most active on facebook instagram and tiktok oh okay facebook instagram and tiktok yep or visit this firm site at apollonwealthmanagement.com you want to connect with me and my team on social media you can find us at lexicon content development on linkedin instagram facebook if you'd like to hear past episodes of Get Advisor Fit, visit the tab on our website and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to get all the latest tips from the greatest financial service industry experts and advisors around. All right, guys, thanks for joining us again. Kurt, thank you. And we will see everybody soon. Thanks. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. 
To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit LexiconContentDevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.